mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. Today we are back, it's episode 53. Morning, Martin. Good morning, Stuart, and we are back. This is season three, isn't it? Yep. Short season. Yeah, I'll stick with with that. Last time I saw you, you were leaning off the back of a boat trying to land a mackerel. Indeed. With Emma and Robin Hall. Yeah, and you were wrestling a conger eel. Absolutely, and the conger eel won. Indeed. Um, But it's great to be back in the studio for this new season. Uh, I thought what we do, Stu, first guest is, uh, because we're brokers, always will be, Mm -hmm. um, we start with a broker, um, because that's ultimately how this podcast started. So I thought we'd get a broker in. Wasn't too sure who to get in, so I sent uh, a Twitter contact of mine a a message. I said, look, do you know any um, good ethical uh, brokers um, and he put his own name forward can you believe <laughs> unbelievable stuff really but with great pleasure I'm introducing Colin Payne uh, Associate Director Chapelgate Private Finance morning Colin good morning, morning. To be how here. are you very very well thank you good good um, we've actually been connected for it's the first time you've met I think Colin, it is. We had a it? very brief sort of Zoom, I recall, on uh, yeah, mortgage strategy, strategy wasn't it? In podcast, yeah, on Zoom. But uh, yeah, face to face, first time, first absolute time. pleasure, all mine. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, so look, first question always, Colin, is you know, what's your backstory? Yeah. How did you how did you end up in in this hot room with Bert and Ernie talking about mortgages? Where did it all begin? Where did it all go wrong? Well, it's uh, like I'm I'm of the senior age now, I guess, sort of being over fifty. So I left school at fifteen. Did you get 15? 15. Was that allowed? Yeah, I'm a summer baby, you see. Ah, OK. So, uh, you, uh, you, you, you're the eldest in your year. They, they sent me down the mines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> An opportunity. <laughs> Into the Foreign Legion, um, yeah. So, yeah, and I was the youngest in the year uh, by quite some distance. So, um, no, yeah, left school at 15. Um, went to work for the local authority um, in recreation and amenities on the youth training scheme. Which was the, sort of the precursor of the old uh, apprenticeship. Did you not have a plan back then? You just I wanted. Did. I wanted to get into banking. Yeah. Because at that point, banking was still considered a job for life. Mm. Um, and it was timing more than anything. So, Abbey National at the time had an opportunity available that they were adver- advertising for. Applied for that, but this one came up first. So there, I was walking around it, sort of an outdoor pursuit centre, counting trees. <laughs> <laughs> um, to see what had taken, what hadn't, and then I realised this really isn't for me, just counting trees. Pretty soul-destroying yeah, as a job. Yeah, and then a week later, Abbey National gave me the um, the go-ahead to, to join their YTS scheme at the local branch. Um, so I was in the YTS scheme for a couple of years, cashiering, did a bit of mortgage admin. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with Abbey National in various capacities. Their names changed from the Bill Society to Abbey to yeah, Santander. I yeah. um, was there for 13 years. Um, worked my way up through pretty much every role you could do and ended up as an acting branch manager at Upton Park. Mm-hmm. So literally a stone's throw from West Ham's ground. And um, then they closed the branch. All right. What and year was this? That was in 19... Where are we going? 1999. Because it was all changing around then as well, wasn't it, with demutualisation 
uh, lots of mergers were going on during yeah. all those days. Yeah, that's when was. sort of bank, you know, this yeah. bank bank closures. It's not a recent phenomenon. They no. were they were going on a no. long time before. Yeah, that. yeah. And they had they had a big flagship office literally a mile down the road, um, so they were trying to consolidate in, more into that office. Um, so then I had a decision to make: do do I stay with with uh, with the bank, or do I look elsewhere? And I was very fortunate enough to uh, to get into John Charcoal. Okay. So I was at John Charcoal for five years. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I went there as sort of an IFA stroke ah, okay. mortgage broker, but it was primarily as an IFA. But they specialised in mortgages. Mm-hmm. So by default, over the years, the investments and the pensions sort of dwindled away, and uh, and we were pretty much then reliant on mortgages. Mm. Um, and I was there for three years. Well, there for five years, but three years as a consultant and two years as a sales manager. Um, Good time to be there, didn't? Because they got sold to Yorkshire. Yeah, so I, then, I joined there in '99, and they were still owned by venture capitalists. So they were still sort of primarily owned by Warburg Pincus. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was about a couple of years later that Bradford and Bingley came in. Um, yeah, and it did change. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Culturally. Yeah, like we, we instead of the entrepreneurship of the business it went when obviously the decision the the, the hierarchy of making decisions yeah. changed somewhat. Became corporate. A little bit so. Um so yes, there was a slight cultural shift. Um and yeah, I think that at that point then the people started to leave and you're I think you've got the likes of Savile started to crop up. Mm-hmm. So the charcoal guy set up Savile's and then charcoal guy set up Hamptons and it all, it all branched out. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that was yeah. certainly, going to charcoal was, was a big thing back then, wasn't it? It was huge. It was, it was huge. And they did a lot of advertising in the standard. Mm. Um, it was, I found it quite a transactional business. Mm. You, you went into sort of a, a call zone three or four times a week, sort of three hours a time. Mm-hmm. Which was which was good fun. We had good good times in there, but that's how you t- you took the calls in the eight hundred number. That's where you got your leads from. Oh, okay, and then you you did the business. They're also one of the, they were online way before lots of other people as they well. Were. They had charcoal online. Yeah, charcoal I don't online. think they ever really leveraged that. Yeah, they had first yeah. mirror advantage a bit on that stuff. I don't know if mm. that really kind of worked out for them. But I've heard about the phone zones, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is a great way to learn a skill. Yeah. Think. It, it was it was great for a number of reasons, but the the big shift for me was obviously from working from a bank and having a great deal of knowledge, but with one lender. Yeah. To then expand that to the entire market, and what better place to do it? Yeah, they, um, they were they were the brand at the time. Ray Bulger was everywhere. Well, well I was an icon, absolute icon, <laughs> yeah, legend. If you were in a position where you were looking out from the outside in at that point. And you were reading any of the industry press. It was that charcoal, charcoal was the Ray. name that you saw. Yeah, that, that yeah. were in yeah. mentions and stuff like that. So yeah. it was always a case of that if you didn't have much of a knowledge of how the broker system was set up, you'd look at them and say, right, okay, well that's clearly how it works. Yeah, because I mean, although on a local level you might have spotted the old person who might have been saying that they were an IFA, they didn't necessarily specialise in anything. Mm-hmm. In that very holistic. Mm. Back, yeah, back so. In that way, sort of thing, they were up there, weren't they? In terms of the kind of the example, yeah, like it was a fantastic place to learn your trade. Mm. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and you'd always be busy, there. wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd always be busy. Oh, and then that, yeah, like we'd the, the so-called hours were a half eight till to half five, but invariably you were in at eight, and you probably went at eight. Yeah, um, because 
just by definition, people finish work in the city, came down after work, you did a six o'clock, yeah, yeah, 6.30 appointment in the evening. Um, so, yeah, the, the hours were long, but it was a re very rewarding yeah. um, place to be. And the people that work there were, were in the moment were second mm. to none. Well, I think a bit like you know rock rock families that, that used to get in the BBC in terms of you know bands came out of bands. You look around the industry now. You mentioned Sowells and Hamptons. Lots of businesses were started from people that came out of uh, Charcoal, Alexander yeah. Hall, yeah, uh, another one. You know, you can trace yeah. a lot of the DNA of where we are today yeah. back to those big absolutely organisations. Yeah. So where'd you go after yeah. the Charcoal then? Um, well, then that I was don't want to plug them too much. Well, no, no <laughs> then I then I had five years. Of obscurity, really. Oh, um, struggled. Did you? Um, I, I left. I was, I was a sales management for the last two years at Charcoal. So any client bank I had picked up was distributed among my consultants within my team. So back down to zero again. So back down to zero. Um, and then there was a new company called Think. I don't know if you heard of the Think Group. Was it with the C? T T H I N C yes yeah. with so with a C. Mm -hmm. <laughs> think that not, one not through. <laughs> think that one through. And uh, and that was the next big thing. Um, and a lot of charcoal guys started to move across to the mortgage solution side of Think. And it was a multifaceted company. Mm. Is it so, network? No, it was National? a DA. All right. Um, but it was covered investments, pensions, yeah. and it was it was effectively there to be a proper one stop shop. Yeah. And a lot of charcoal guys started to move across. And I also did eventually. It took, it took me a bit of time to make the decision because it was a self-employed role. Mm -hmm. And I had no client bank to take with me. Mm. So we were promised leads and so on and so forth. They never come true. <laughs> never, ne never came true. Um, at the time, I was going through some personal difficulty. Um, so that was... Not helped. Um, moved to Norwich. Was that the personal difficulty? <laughs> That's a strange. <laughs> you know what? Norwich just... is a lovely, lovely city. Yeah, I was up in and, Suffolk uh, recently. It's a great yeah, part of the country. Yeah, and my two adult daughters now live in uh, just north of Norwich. Um, so I had ended up spending pretty much a year on my own. I uh, got divorced during that, and that was the that was the big issue. Got mm. divorced during that time. Um, got into a huge amount of debt. Real perfect um, storm. Through all of that, it was it was terrible to mm. be fair, um, and of course, no client bank tried and farmed and tried all sorts, didn't really take off. And then it got to the point that okay, I was spending a year literally on my own isolation in Norfolk, mm. as low as you can be to be yeah. fair. Um, and I thought hard hard about okay, do I want to bring this out on 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 this? But I think. The reason I'm saying this is you can come out the other end. I think. Listen, I think so, it's a really valid point, Colin. Went, We've had a number of people that have been on before who who are very successful now, but that wasn't always the case. No, There's always no. something somewhere in the background, and mm -hmm. you can go two ways with it, can't you? Yeah. You can end up living in a Linton travel lodge like Adam Partridge in Norwich, or you turn it around and and, and you, yeah. you push on and you yeah, become indeed. successful that way. Indeed. So I had a year up there. I made some good friends up there. And primarily in the local pub because it's the only <laughs> place you're going to meet anyone in a little village in Norfolk. Mm. Um, but then I got to the point that I've, I've got to do something about this. I've got to turn myself around. I can't. I can't continue like this. And uh, Hamptons took a chance on me. That lasted all of six months because mm. Hamptons then closed down. 
What year was this? This would have been well. This would have been pretty much at the peak of the credit crunch. This really? would have been two thousand and eight, summer right. two thousand and eight. Um, and then a company called First Action Finance would have took their brokers across. But again, it, it just wasn't working for me. It was self-employed again. So I just thought, look, let's let's go back to basics. Let's start again. Um, and that's how I ended up at Chapelgate. Been there eleven years. Yeah. And um, I went there. There was just one guy. Mm-hmm. It's owned by an estate agency, an independent estate agency in Northwest London. So that was a positive. Um, From a lead the, point of view, you got you can hit the ground maybe yeah, exactly. running a bit better it, it than was getting that client bank back back again. Yeah. Um, but within six months of me starting, the director had left, and then it was me. <laughs> um, this was fine, to be fair, and we've we've grown a little bit. We've yeah. we've added two consultants over the last ten years. But I'm given that sort of five year period I had, I'm I'm, I'm quite cautious. I think that's so. that's that's you know everyone's different. You can't you can't be hundred miles an hour. You know there is you know there is an argument for growth, but there's also an argument for stability. Yeah, you know yeah. and consolidation. Yeah. Um, uh, and and some people don't want to develop beyond uh, a two or three advisor firm. I, to- I totally get that. Yeah, no, we t- I'd I'd be happy to do that. I think where be- I think having gone through the processes I've gone through over time, it's around. Okay, if you want to bring someone else on and we want to bring a youngster on, then inevitably they're going to want a lead source. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to take somebody on unless I could guarantee a particular number of leads a month. It's not fair on them. Uh, and I would never want to put anyone in that position, having gone through that myself. So if I had um, an, a lead source that was going to be able to maintain one or two individuals, then that's what we would do. We would do. It's the, it's, the, it's the same issue that we've had since, well, since industry started. That 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 continuation of reliable leads. I mean, you can you can set up SEO and get inundated with inquiries, but it'll be rubbish. Mm. And you spend half your life doing that, doing that, and yeah. going nowhere. Um, and it takes a deep, long-term client bank to to regenerate with referrals, which your new people won't won't have which is why i do think we have got a bit of an issue bit of a, a gap between us elders mm. and young blood coming in mm. because you know we've we've built our client bank up over yeah. time these guys yeah. coming in don't and you can't do the same prospecting and stuff we did maybe 20 years ago yeah. after it probably won't be legal but yeah. um uh, it, yeah. it's a difficult one now and you're right uh, it, recruitment's difficult in this industry at the moment and then retention's difficult as well. Yeah, and you want to take the right people on. And, yeah. that, and that's another aspect of my cautiousness is that we've, we don't have, we have a brand of sorts, um, particularly probably in our locality. But if you want to bring someone on, you want them to have the same ethos that you do. And I'm a very genuine, trustworthy, fair guy. Um, we are fee charging, but I've had clients that have come to me with adverse. They're not in a good position. Mm. Well, I don't want to charge them a fee. Mm. They can't afford a fee. Yeah. Um, I'll waive the fee. Um, I just, I'm not there to take advantage. Yeah, it's not about the money. Ultimately. No, no. And I want to bring on people with the same yeah. ethics I, I think that, and diffi- that's not easy. The difficulty is, isn't it? And I think, again, there's there's been examples around everybody's locality, whoever's listening, can think of companies that have come and gone over the years who have got, come in all singing or dancing with some financial backers yeah. who two years later because of the way in the market I mean 2008 was another example of that there were around my area there were big massive companies that dealt solely in adverse that were based just outside of Southampton Airport 
who came and went within two years, and yet you would have thought that they were going to be the the big thing. Well, yeah, you know, it's not the fee on the mortgage borrowing and things like yeah, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> but you can have like they yeah. were, they were like the only firms that were recruiting in two thousand and eight for staff at that point because they saw that was the next yeah. step. That yeah. So, so uh, you've got a great backstory there. Colin, I think it's, you know that that's what keeps the industry where it is today. There's there's numerous people like you, include myself, in that. Mm. You overcome adversity, you crack on, you push on, and eventually, you know, you you begin to succeed a bit slowly. Um, yeah, I can do. Like the, the, the self-employed part didn't work out for a number of reasons, but you've got to take the positives out of mm, it. Absolutely, and it taught me a lot in terms of don't just just be reactionary. You've got to look, look after your clients. Mm. They are your bread and butter. They will refer. And going back to basics and just looking after them, communicating with them, um, has borne dividends, borne sage, a load of fruit. Sage advice. So, what you seeing in the market at the moment? Then, uh, you know, as you, you've had a record year, like everybody else in the industry. Of course, we've had a record year. <laughs> um, no, it's been it's been fun again. To mm. be to be brutally honest, yeah. um, I, I won't deny August has tailed off a little bit. Yeah, a bit flatter. Um, and I was very thankful of that because doing 12 hour a day I was working mm. Saturdays mm. I haven't worked a Saturday since normal, I was at Ab- Abbey National 14 years ago <laughs> and they got double time probably at that point. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> indeed um, so yeah it's um, it, it's been a manic year it's been absolutely manic year and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it and what are you seeing trend wise you said you said it got a bit quieter in August I, I, I was chatting to Stu on the way over here today and we seem very much the same thing but then because it has been ballistic for the previous 12 months it was inevitably going to be a bit of a, a flat month yeah. it seemed to be August across a lot of people um what about at the moment now September's in normally now the for us, are back at the desk yeah, like normally for us it normally starts around about that third week in September yeah for us kids historically are kids are back at school we were located private schools are then have then gone back. And then all of a sudden, yeah, the parents are then sitting down and uh, and planning their, ne- their their course of action. So we're starting to slowly see the inquiry starting to feed through now. Do you still uh, work with your state agent? Yeah, we do. What's um, the what's the stock situation like? Because that, that's one thing I'm hearing at the moment. That's probably what's really maybe slowing the market yeah, down. There's not a lot to yeah, buy. Yeah, no, there isn't. There's not nothing coming on. No, it's 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 low, and that that's without a doubt is going to cause cause some problems and mm. I guess we're going to have plenty of sealed bids going forward and people mm. fighting over the one good property that comes on the market because I suspect there's quite a lot of drag yeah, stuff I've as well. I've like, seen like, clients you know, put put offers in and, and theirs is the 10th one in yeah. on that, that property, yeah. which great time to sell, but then you know, what, what do you do? Do you sit on the, the, the on sidelines the and wait for something to buy when yeah. it comes up? Yeah. You know, it's just a bit yeah. of an abnormal market. Yeah. Right it's now. quite frightening, to be fair, isn't mm. it, as to, to how high people will go to secure that property. Mm. It does make you wonder sometimes. I mean, you're borrowing at 1% for five years. Their affordability is no longer an issue for a lot of people. Mm. It's just it's just finding something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But the other thing is, well, you've got to urge them with caution as well, haven't you? Because it's, it's, it's all well and good to a point when you've got somebody who's fairly affluent, who's got the, the funds behind them to make those adjustments on the borrowing side of it mm. because you always got to give them the disclaimer as to well that's fine you agreeing to pay that but when the valuer visits it's going to be down to how their sentiment is as well mm. when they go in there as yeah. well if you need a mortgage on it mm. so it's if you could change one thing in the industry today what would it be or improve live chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and on that on that note listen i can't believe that how quickly that's gone we're going to leave it on live chat um very interesting 
Colin. Great story. I'm glad we've met. I'm sure it's taken yeah. 10 years to get to this yeah. stage. Yeah. Uh, but it's been good to see you. We always end the uh, the podcast uh, with something different. That first uh, season, it was football. Okay. Yeah. We won't do that to you because you're a Spurs fan. That's not fair. Well, I'll stop up for Leighton Orient as well. So How, how are they getting that? on this year? They're doing really well. Yeah, uh, third in the league. So yeah, good. Good, good for them. Uh, last one was uh, it was a music question. It wasn't was, it? Uh, yeah. and then Emma Hall killed that uh, yeah. at the end of uh, season two. Bless her. So we're going to go something different this year. Uh, we're going to go for a would you rather question. Okay. All right. So we've got a broker specific one for you, Colin. You ready? I'm listening. Would you rather be reincarnated as Adam Hosker or Seb Ryman? <laughs> Oh dear me. And why? Oh dear me, that really is a hiding into nothing, no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard he's grim up north. No comment, I've been there, I'm from there, and I, I confirm that is correct. If that's okay. the reason why... So if that's the reason, I'd like to stay down the south. Yeah, so you're going to go with so Seb Ryman? I'll go with Seb Ryman. Yeah, all right, that's a good bet. <laughs> well, have you got a particular choice on that one? Yeah. Would you, be rather, would you rather be a, a Seb or an Adam? Uh, depends if they respond to my tweets or not, really. I think you've probably blocked them both, haven't you? Or they blocked you. <laughs> it's just sport Persona now. Persona non grata. Brilliant. Right, I'll, break, I'll break the bad news to Adam and I'll send a bottle of champagne to Seb. Brilliant. Uh, Colin, fantastic. Thank you for coming on. Pleasure. Really do appreciate that. Um, good luck with uh, Choppergate going forward and I'll see Thank you at the you. Strategy Wars next week. Yeah, indeed. Smashing. Excellent. Thank you very much, Colin. Bye-bye. So that is episode 53, Martin. In the can. Indeed. So if you'd like to come onto the podcast in the future, uh, whether you have got your own business, whether you've got an interesting hobby or you've done some life achievements whatever they may be please get in contact you can contact us through our twitter feed which is at the enemy experience and we'll be back soon with more episodes brilliant thanks Colin thanks Jude thanks guys thank you thanks for listening and please subscribe and follow us on twitter and remember there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it